Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Harbin, your host of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast right here on the Steel Curtain Network, which is a part of the Fans First Sports Network. I thank you all for taking a part of your Friday to spend it with me. Happy Friday, everyone. My gosh, the week flew by. The bye week is here. It's going to be crazy thinking about no Steelers game this weekend. I, for one, my blood pressure, my heart in general will enjoy it. I told you all that I had a big show coming up. I told you all that I had a special guest, and as always, we have, uh, in the second half of the show, we have the All Bets Are Off segment with Jeremy Jerome Betts and my heart-to-heart at the very end. But I'm really excited for this special guest that's going to be coming up in the first half. Look, in terms of news, this is normally where I dive into the news before we do the Behind Enemy Lines segment. We don't have a game, so there's no Behind Enemy Lines but, you know, the, the thing is, for me, the news, it, there hasn't been a lot of news except for this Matt Canada stuff. Uh, you got Penguins fans chanting, fire Matt Canada at a Penguins game. I, look, for me, I'm the guy that if I go to a, a Pirates game in the summer and I see a dude wearing a Steeler jersey, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I know they're the same colors, but this is not the same thing. Um, just not my cup of tea. And that, that's just not my cup of tea. I have nothing against anyone that does want to scream from the hilltops that they want to fire Canada. It just seems to be enough. I, I feel like fans have made their their statement. They've made their case. At this point, what are you going to do? Online petitions, they're not going to do jack squat. It's a privately owned business. Unless Art Rooney II or some of the minority owners convince him to make a change, they're not making a change, people. So you know what? Sometimes you just have to grin your teeth and bear it, and that's one of those... This is one of those times where Steeler fans might not be happy, but it doesn't matter. You have to just find a way to get through it and get get over it, essentially, and hope for the best. And that's what you have to do during this time. One thing I think you're all going to love, and I, there really isn't much news outside of that, and the fact that Matt Canada seems to be now public enemy number one with Steelers fans everywhere. Not that that's changed too much, I guess, now that I think about it. But I think you're going to really enjoy this uh you're really going to enjoy this this first half and the whole show. I'm really happy with this show. So sit back, relax, and after a word from our sponsors, you'll get to it. We'll see you. All right, Steeler fans, I told you all I was going to have a really good guest this week, and I do. And, hey, there's certain guests that it makes you feel like old times, you know? And this is one of those guys, Chris Carter, formerly of Behind the Steel Curtain, back when we were a part of that website and that podcast platform. He joins me again. CC, what is up? What's up, Jeff? How we doing over here? 
I'm doing great. Chris is obviously at the Post-Gazette and of Locked On Steelers and WPXI and probably everywhere else under the sun in the 412 <laughs> area code. But nonetheless, Chris, man, it's been uh, a wild ride this season for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, do you think the buy came at a good time? Let's start there. I think it did. I think that they were able to the way they've won their games have been unconventional, to say the least. Um, you know, the Ravens with the drop passes that they had um, with the re- with the plays they were able to make the the Browns game with two defensive touchdowns. The Raiders game was probably like the one that seemed like the most natural of a win yeah. in a traditional sense. I think this team needs to find itself to be able to win more in more of a controlled fashion the way they did towards the end of last season when they were running the football, playing consistent defense and the passing game was stepping up when it needed to. If they can get back to that, I, I think that that along with imp- improving the offense and uh, as a whole, this this will allow the team to kind of balance itself. But also with this buy, you get Deontay Johnson back. You'll probably get Pat Frymuth back. Um, you're probably like a few weeks removed from getting Cam Hayward back. James um, Daniels is going to be a big get. Exactly. So by and large, I, I think that um, the Steelers are just in a really good position to get a lot of people back to be healthy. And um, I also think that there's just things they need to address across the board that this will give them time to. And who knows, maybe also this gives, you know, the rookies another week of like focusing and practice to be able to be um, ready to get more playing time. Valid points, man. So look, you know, this in my previous life, I was a, an educator for over a decade and we would always be told when we had parent teacher conferences, you never end on a negative. You always end on the positive. So that when the parent or guardian leaves, they are leaving. The last thing they heard was something positive about their student. So we're going to go through the good, the bad, and the ugly with the Steelers throughout the first five weeks. We're not going in that order though. We're going to end on the positive. So we're going to start with the worst. We're going to start with the ugly. Now, Chris, you can pick one offense, one defense, one of what doesn't matter. What is the ugly for the Steelers so far? in this first early stretch of games for you, in your opinion? I mean, it's, could we just say the offense? Uh, I, I think just the, <laughs> the lack of scoring is, is demoralizing when you, you built up so much last, last year at the end, not that they were scoring a whole lot of points, but they at least had an identity that it's like, Hey, if you build off of this foundation that you ended the season with, you'll be in a position to play much better next season. As long as everyone keeps taking steps forward and that hasn't happened yet. I think that's the issue is that they haven't taken those steps forward. And part of it, I think, that is, Jeff, and I want to get your thoughts on this. I have this theory that the Steelers went through training camp. They went through preseason, and they saw the same things that we saw. Kenny Pickett was throwing the ball all over the yard, hitting Deontay Johnson 30 yards downfield, hitting Pat Fryermuth in seam patterns, back shoulder throws, and all the things that were like, whoa, that is that is actually really impressive. And they said, "Let you know what? Let's throw the ball a little bit more. Let's let's emphasize that part of our game because maybe that can translate in a regular season game." And then for whatever reason, it did it hasn't translated in five games. And I think what you've seen is they've gotten back to realizing, like, "Hey, Kenny might get there someday, but this year we need to be the physical team that goes out and still and still punches people in the mouths like we thought we would be going into this season." And now what we're I think we're going to see moving forward is them trying to find that identity again. And that might be the focus. And I think that might be why it's taken quite a bit for this offense to find itself because they went away from trying to be that. And now they're trying to figure that out out again, a few games into the season. 
Would you say that what you just stated about Kenny Pickett, and I agree with you, you know, that they wanted to throw the ball more. It's, the, it's 2023. Like you have to be able to move the ball through the air in the NFL. Would you say that that's a step backwards for him? I'd say the start of the season has been a step backwards simply because I thought he was taking steps forward. I thought that, uh, um, I thought that there was that there were things going in the right direction for him to have a surge th- th- at the start of this season, and he ha- he hasn't had that. Now I will say this: I I think that there is no there's no linear path for quarterbacks. There's ups and downs. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger certainly had a very rocky start to his career, even though he's had a great start winning wise, but performance wise, yeah. there were there were some really good and really bad performances that just kept kind of stretching down before he started to find more consistency in his career, and that's just part of most young quarterbacks. Look at Josh. Allen right now and he's you know past being a young guy he's a a well-known veteran so um I I think it's part of the part of his natural growth I think the thing that you need to start seeing from Kenny Pickett is more consistency and whereas there were a lot of mistakes in this Ravens game he didn't turn the ball over and to me that was actually a really important part of this if he understands that if he gets that if he's able to apply that to the rest of 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 this season and limit the turnovers uh, while he's continuing to make smarter plays and, and at least move the ball, that could be the sign that he's starting to figure it out and start to develop in the way that you want to for the Steelers. Well, let me ask you this, because if I were to pick, if I were to be more specific, you said offense in general, and it has been ugly. I'm not denying that. But if I was going to be more specific, I would say that the I think the ugly part of the offense has been the offensive line. I think mm. that there's a correlation between especially the center play. I think Mason Cole has been really, really bad. Yeah. And that has, what, what, what does everyone always say? What's the worst place you can receive pressure as a quarterback? It's up the middle. And you watch these plays and the, I know they're cut ups on Twitter and stuff. And sometimes you're not seeing the good plays. You're only seeing the bad, but would you agree that the offensive line play as a whole, as a cohesive unit, if you want to call it that has been ugly so far this season? I mean, I would certainly say the offensive line. I'm not sure if the whole offensive line has been ugly. I, I feel like the offensive line collectively has been below average. I, okay. I think that I think that Isaac Sayamalu started off in a rough spot, but then eventually got a little bit better, and now he's kind of stepping into that role that you need. I think I James Daniels being hurt is not good. I think Chukwuma Ch- Ch- is kind of who he's always been. You know, he's not going to change the game, but he's not going to hurt you too much. Uh, he's going to get it done. I think Broderick Jones was certainly a step up. Uh, in the way that he played against the Ravens. He uh, allowed one pressure on his inside shoulder, and and in the run game, I thought he was really getting after it. So, like, they haven't been good yet, but I wouldn't put them in the ugly category yet. I I think the thing why I say the whole offense is ugly because they just haven't put it together in a game yet. And, uh, and like, that's the thing is that, like, we see the Bears, the most inept organization in football right now, other than maybe other than the Broncos. We've, we've seen both those teams have 28-plus point games. Mm-hmm. And the Steelers just, they for whatever reason, they can't put it together. And I know a lot of people want to point to Matt Canada, and I, I maintain this. I don't think Matt Canada's biggest flaw is play calling. I think his biggest flaw is he can't, he's, he's been not been good with connecting with his players to embrace what he's trying to do and get those results on the field. Because when I go back and you, you watch the All-22 as well, there's open guys on a lot of different plays. And that's one of my criticisms for Kenny Pickett is that, you know, yeah, he made, he did a great job and the, the, the flashes of being a franchise quarterback include coming back at late in the game, staying poised, making the big plays in the big moments. And he has five, five uh, game winning drives four fourth quarter comebacks in just 17 starts. That's really impressive, but he needs to put together a complete game, uh, you know, in, in his career at some point and soon, I think, to, so that we can start seeing him taking those steps forward. So for the offensive line, below average, I might even put in the bad category, but okay. 
ugly is is more so because the entire offense just hasn't connected yet and i think that's it's it all adds up to being ugly when you put it all together you're right and it's a collective failure from top to bottom mad canada scheme sometimes like Mm -hmm. you just look at the route combinations like sometimes you're like what in the hell are they doing why why would they do that mm-hmm. in the of just even just the basic personnel packages they're putting out there, which are very predictable when it comes to down and distance and things like that. I, I think that, yeah, it, it starts with the coordinator and it bleeds all the way down to the players executing the plays that are called when they, when the opportunities come, but let's go on, let's move on to the bad. So we already talked about the ugly. What about the bad? You said the offensive line, you might want to go in another direction though. What is the bad the Steelers have had so far? The bad is the run defense because I can. I think that that we saw a little bit of a boost of that against the Ravens for a little in the second half, but this run defense should have been should have been able to figure th- some things out by now. And I know Cam Hayward's missing, and I know they have a whole whole lot of new linebackers, but this is a group that should be able to limit limit a, limit a lot more than they did in these first few games. You know, the Niners are one thing. We just saw the Niners. They beat up on the the Cowboys defense, which was supposed to be one of the best defenses in the in yeah. the NFL. I'm not so mad about that, but. We've now seen them allow the Texans to get a run game. We now seen them allow the Browns up until Nick Chubb got, got got hurt in that in that game. And the Ravens were starting to have a run game in the first half. Granted, that was less about physicality. It was more about you know the, containing the the option reads to the outside and guys needing to stay disciplined there. But they have to get better here. And if they get better on run defense. I think it negates how much the secondary has looked like looks like it's been exposed because then they can play in more predictable situations. They can put their cornerbacks out there in, in the way that they really want to. I think that allows Joey Porter Jr. to get more more of a feel for the game. Um, but I think the run defense it has to be better. It has to be smarter. It has to be more coordinated. It has to be more physical, and they have to be able to get that back. If they can get that back, I think a lot of things for this team start to click. It can't just be Cam, right? Like it can't just be because Cam Hayward is out. Like some people are saying, well, when Cam comes back, he's going to be the savior. I don't think that's it either. Yeah. Uh, have you been impressed with uh, Keanu Benton though and his play early on in his career? I have. I, you know, Keanu Benton. I mean, impressed in the sense that he is who I thought he was in the draft. Like, okay. when I went to the combine and. I, I I had like looked up certain players that I had seen like a little bit of tape of just and I saw a little bit of Keanu Benton and then I talked to Keanu Benton and I was like whoa that guy that guy knows what he's like he carries himself well we looked some stuff up and I was just I watched more of his tape and I was like oh oh yes 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 this guy is a stealer like they they absolutely need to get this guy like he embraced all the physical physicality standpoints that you want he talks like a leader he talks like a you know he he he's a thinking man he I, he processes what you're giving him he gives it back to you and he's a, he's a very coachable player all the things that you want for a Pittsburgh Steeler and he's big he's mean he's physical he's nasty he's showing that and he still has to put a lot of things together i think he has to still has to work on his technique but like when you see him in the middle versus when you see like Montrevious Adams in the middle He's not getting pushed five yards off the ball. If you're moving him, you're double teaming him, and he might give you like a yard or two, but he's doing a much better job at, at keeping the linebackers clean. And if you're single teaming him, oftentimes he's either holding that position or he's pushing you backwards because he is that physical. He still needs to work on his pass rush technique. He had a really good sack against the Raiders that I thought was pretty cool because he did that swim move. That, w- that was really nice. Um, but he needs to be more consistent there. But as far as right now, as a rookie, he's right on where, where, where you want him. He's stuffing the run. He's being an added presence there. And heck, when Cam Hayward comes back, I'm putting him, Cam Hayward, Larry Ogunjobi. That's my front three. 
they're going out there. They're beat, They're beating you up. They're be, they're going to be physical. They're going to be nasty. I, I think that he is a welcomed addition, and he can be part of that next generation of guys the Steelers have been looking for on the defensive yeah. line to, to carry the torch whenever Cam Hayward's done. Now, I do want to get your take here since you're talking about the run defense, about the level behind the defensive front. What do you think about the inside linebackers so far? Because it's been sporadic. Sometimes the usage of these three individuals and Cole Holcomb, Landon Roberts, and Quan Alexander has had me scratching my head a little bit. But ultimately, what do you think about the inside linebackers and just their overall play so far? I really like Quan Alexander. I think that Same. he is figuring yeah. it out. I think that he's he embraces a lot of the different roles that you have. I think Cole Holcomb has still has the potential to be that. And I think he's been that at times. Like I think he was really good against the Browns. I thought he was be- he was decent against the Raiders. I thought he was terrible against the Texans uh, and the 49ers. Uh, but I and I thought like in the first half he missed some plays that I was like, "Uh-oh, here we go again with Cole Holcomb." But in the second half he was very much part of them turning things around defensively yeah. there. So he's been kind of up and down. And then Landon Roberts, he's just a guy. He's he's kind of like Robert Spillane but maybe like a harder hitter in that in that you don't want Landon Roberts in coverage but if it's third and one and he's mono mono with a with a running back you'll take that matchup nine yeah. times out of ten because he's gonna push the pile backwards he's gonna win that that leverage battle there so I, I think the linebackers have been a welcomed addition to the team I think they have to get on the same page a little bit more I think they're still growing in their chemistry of when and where to be with the rest of the team and that stuff takes time right like you know it, it took years for even simple things like uh like when Stefan to it and Bud Dupree used to do their stunt twists based off each other. Their timing was off for like um, like months. And then once they started to get it, then it was so sharp that that was one of the best things the Steelers did as a defensive front that you couldn't, that teams would, would dread it. Oh, crap. We don't know when they're going to do that stunt twist. And now, now we have to guess when Bud Dupree is going to fly in on the inside gap and Stephon Tewitt's going out to the edge. That's so, that's so frustrating. The, these linebackers, they're developing that kind of chemistry with this team. I think that they'll get there, and they are getting there. But it's, it's going to take time. I do think that they're progressing in the right direction though especially Quan Alexander I agree with you I like Quan I want to see more Quan give me more Quan okay let's go to let's finish with the good because I always said you got to finish on the good and there there is some good on this team like people that there's I always feel like Steelers fans there's not much in the middle there's either the people that think hey we're three and two and we're first in the division yay and then there's the people that say this team sucks blow it up start all over there is some good here without painting this pretty picture that's not accurate so what would be the good for you of the Steelers so far the obvious good is the edge rushers they're the best edge rushing duo in the NFL as TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith and like beyond even just the rushing part of getting after the quarterback there's they're run stuffers especially I think Alex Highsmith might be in, in the conversation for being the best run stuffing outside linebacker or edge defender in the NFL I've talked about this play a lot on the Lockdown Steelers podcast and other places but like there, there was a play where the Ravens, they tried to set up a wham block and a pull block at the same time. They had their fullback in motion from the other side of the formation. and He's just charging right at Alex Highsmith, who's coming off the line. It's set, to, set up to crush him. Um, and then they pulled their right guard to that side of the line. So the idea was that the fullback would would push Alex would blow up Alex Highsmith and then the guard would go up in the hole and that would open up the space for Gus Edwards to run through. Alex Highsmith basically stymies the fullback, then gets the lineman, holds them both in the same spot, and then when Gus Edwards tries to run by, he like reaches past both of them and just brings him down. So effectively destroying a double team and then making the tackle, stuff like that you don't see often in the NFL. That's special kind of play right yeah. there. And 
you know, and again, there's the obvious things. TJ Watt just getting after the quarterback every, every game. It's, he leads the league in in sacks, tackles for loss, all the things. Like he's he's just a, a wrecker of of games and a wrecker of humans. Uh, and I think that that's where uh, Alex Highsmith is is also in that conversation. I, I I mean it when I say say this. They may end up being a better edge rushing duo than James Harrison and Lamar Woodley. Like, like and that's Ooh. that's high praise because that yeah. terror that that duo was a terror in the NFL for multiple years. Um, but. I, I think these guys are are certainly in that conversation right now, and and it may be like a oh that's obvious, Chris kind of conversation in maybe a year or two's time when we see their numbers start to continue to compile. So yeah, that's the good. That is the good, and it it's that's a that's low hanging fruit for sure. But rightfully so, they they're playing out of their minds right now. And even though Highsmith doesn't have the sack numbers to back it up, I mean, the combined ten sacks between the two of them. Hell, yeah. T.J. Watt has eight sacks, which is more than I think three NFL teams combined. Like they they actually don't have that as a team. He's an individual. So no, very good. It's good stuff, Chris. I, I got to be honest. It's always fun to have you on the show. It's always great to talk Certainly. to you. Um, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social media as well as the Locked On Steelers podcast? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok, all the places at Carter Critiques. It's always the same handle. You can find me there breaking things down on all things Pittsburgh sports. You can find me on the at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, post-gazette.com with all my pit coverage uh, and the North Shore Drive podcast I do for them. You can find me at the Locked On Steelers podcast on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Uh, appreciate everyone who supports the work. And hey, yeah, you know, I appreciate Jeff bringing me on here. We we are old partners. That's where I got yeah, my man. start. We used to do the those the 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 blog talk, blog talk radio <laughs> podcast way back in the day where we used to take you guys' calls. So uh, it, it's uh it's an amazing journey. I'm always glad yeah, to, to rekindle that with Jeff because he's a great guy, and you guys listen to a great program here. Yeah, absolutely. And I've always said there's only one podcast I'm ever going to promote outside of the Steel Curtain Network, and that is the Locked On Steelers podcast with Chris Carter. All the other ones can go kick rocks. But anyways, uh, Chris, <laughs> thank you for your time, man. The good, bad, and the ugly. We appreciate it. Have a good one. Good work. You know what that means. It's time for the All Bets Are Off segment with Jeremy Jerome Betts. What's up, Jeremy? How's it going? It's going great, man. I'm ready for the weekend and happy to be a part of the Let's Ride podcast again on Friday. Yeah, man. My question for all the people out there that I talk to and they're Steeler fans is always the same thing. How do you handle the bye week? There are some people that they sit down, veg out. They watch as much football as they can. There's other people. This would be me who have large families, and sometimes you just can't dedicate an entire day to football, so you end up not watching a lot of football, therefore doing more family-type stuff. There's people that do all sorts of things. How do you handle the bye week is the question. Yeah, well, I, I actually let my wife put the Browns game up on TV probably most most seasons, so <laughs> <laughs> that's what's going to happen this year is uh, we'll probably watch Browns-Niners and uh, hopefully watch a, a beatdown of, of week one-style proportions uh, yeah. for the Ravens here or excuse me for the Browns here but no I you know I'm a big football fan I watch all the games that are on as much as I can anyway so I'll probably hit the red zone this week and just kind of watch 
everything happen, all the action, keep up with my fantasy teams and watch it play out. There you go. Good stuff. Did you, um, do you have a Sunday ticket? Do you have YouTube TV Sunday ticket? I do. Yes. Now, do you ever use like the four panel view? I love that. I, I love the yeah. four panel view at, at my Sunday ticket with direct TV. You have an eight. That was too much. Like they, they, You yeah. couldn't focus on any one game. Four is perfect. I love that four of you when the Steelers aren't playing and I'm watching football. I try to do that four screen as much as possible. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Now, I have to ask you as well, before we got dive into talking to some Steelers, your experience last week. Now, you talked about this on the Steelers Fix briefly uh, this past week, I heard. But you yeah. did not watch the Steelers game live. You were not the nope. one tweeting from the Steel Curtain Network Twitter handle. Why? Because you were a traitor. But go ahead and explain that to everyone <laughs> else that's listening on the, on the program. <laughs> yeah, no, my, my brother lives in the Atlanta area, and he called me up on Saturday and said, hey, I've got four free tickets, club seats. You can get down on the field before the game to the Falcons-Texans game this weekend here in Atlanta. Uh, do you want to come? And so I was like, oh, man. Uh, my my mom uh, growing up was a Falcons fan, so we've I've got some ties. They're like my NFC team, if you will. Okay. Um, obviously, root for the Steelers over everybody, but – uh, the Falcons, I, I do have some ties to them. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. So my wife and I packed up the bags and drove two and a half hours to Atlanta. And we got free food, free parking, free tickets, and got to watch a, a game live. And I'll take any venue I can um, a, as much as I can. So I like to watch them live. They're fun. It was a pretty entertaining game, the Atlanta game. Atlanta comes back and finds a way to win. Uh, but, yeah, so that's awesome. I've, I've been in luxury suites before, uh, not for a football game, for a hockey game. And sure. it is really freaking awesome because the yeah. food is typically <laughs> really great. The amenities, you got a bathroom right there. It's really difficult to go back to uh, a regular seat. We'll put it that way, after you sit in one of those type of seats. But, now nah, it's good. I'm glad you got that experience. The Steelers win, and that's what we're going to talk about here today. Yeah. You watch the game in replay. I want to get your thoughts on that game. It was crazy. It was bizarre. Yeah. Yet the Steelers find a way to win. What were your thoughts? So I watched every second of it on replay, obviously. Um, Sunday Ticket on YouTube is great because you can you can record the game and watch it later again, and it doesn't just end when it's over. So that's a nice feature for the YouTube TV Sunday Ticket if you don't have it. Um, so I did watch every second of it and I got to tell you, Jeff, I was, uh, for three and a half quarters, I, I was ready for the season to be over and the draft to come along. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, not really, but, uh, it, it was, it was awful. Uh, there were some good individual performances. I think you can talk about Broderick Jones and I thought mm -hmm. Isaac Ciamalo played pretty well this last week. Um, and you saw some things from George Pickens that you really like, but overall it just seemed to be a little under or underwhelming as, as most of the games have been on the offensive side of the football. So, so, <laughs> I can't talk today on the That's offensive okay. side of the football specifically. Yeah. And so uh, defensively though, I think, that's exactly the type of team that this is, is going to be. They're going to take advantage of some breaks. Um, they're going to be splashy. They're, they're not going to just shut teams down. And so I think Steelers fans looking for those shut down defenses. That's just not the defense that you're going to get this year, but they're good enough. Last week was an off week for me for the defense I against the, the Texans. That is, I don't see that as being the norm for the Steelers defense. This week was bringing things back around to par, and I just think the Steelers have Lamar Jackson's number. And then you get to the fourth quarter, Jeff. And 
for some reason, Kenny Pickett is just a different ball player in the last half of the fourth quarter. He just is. And I don't know if that's just you got to throw out the game plan and just play football and play some backyard ball and get out there and hit receivers and, and make plays. And that's just where he excels. If that's the case, great. I, I think he's got the one intangible that most quarterbacks never get. It's that clutch gene in the final minutes. But how can that translate over into the rest of the game? That's what the Steelers are going to have to figure out if they don't want to uh, give fans heart attacks on a weekly basis and not score points. And yeah. we know the Steelers, they're going to give us heart attacks, but they've got to be a little bit better. Pittsburgh dad put it well this week when he said yeah. it's three hours of boredom and three minutes of a heart attack. That's your 2023 yeah. Steelers. And that actually does sound very uh, accurate. We'll put it that way. So let's, let me ask you though about this bye week Everyone's talking about change. I spoke about it multiple times this week on let's ride. Uh, no, the sweeping change of like Matt Canada being fired. We, we knew that wasn't going to happen. Anyone that had a level right. had knew it wasn't going to happen, but do you expect, or do you at least, we all hope for improvement and change, but do you actually see this team coming back and we'll include the health of players? So potentially yeah. Pat Fryermuth, Deontay Johnson, James Daniels, eventually Cam Hayward, right? Anthony McFarland Jr. Do you see this team actually improving and getting better? Or are you kind of like the, I got to see it to believe it? Well, uh, offensively, I'm just, I'm, done lifting my expectations really um with Matt Canada at the helm and you know I'm I don't say that as uh, to try to be mean or anything but I just like yeah. uh, there's a point now where we've reached where if if the Steelers score 20 plus points it's because the defense really set them up for it and they've you know they've capitalized on some short field situations maybe um they've you know maybe it's been choppy but they've had some explosive plays because I just don't think you're going to see an offense that really makes too many drastic improvements. Deontay Johnson coming back could could really help um, w- with the passing game specifically. You got to get somebody out there who can create some separation and maybe make something easy. Give Kenny Pickett some easier uh, passes to make. But overall, I think the offense is what it is this year. And the Steelers, as they continue to mature as a team, I do think they'll get better. And by season's end, they'll probably be a very tough, feisty, hard team to play. And they they could definitely ruin some seasons for some some teams by uh, knocking them out of the playoffs. I think in the NFC of Seattle in Week 17, that's that's a game where the Steelers could absolutely walk in there and an end Seattle season for them, knock them out of the playoffs while still being in the playoff hunt. The AFC is killing each other right now. They're beating up on each other. And so I think they'll be in this race the whole time, whether or not they're the real deal when they get there is one thing, but I do think there's going to be slight improvements offensively. I don't see anything drastic. I think the defense could really shore things up with some personal changes, personnel changes and some things like that. So uh, I, I just really see this team kind of being like they were last year, maybe just a little bit better. Yeah. And that's, that's what I kind of go back to a lot is that last year we saw incremental change after the bye week and it equated in, we know seven of nine winning the last four. We all know that we all know the story. It's It's been told a million times. And so if they see even that type of improvement yet, they have a second year, George Pickens, they have, 
a more experienced Jalen Warren. You have a young Broderick Jones at left tackle. I, th- I think they could be, like you said, better than what they were last year. But again, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said, I'm done lifting my expectations with the offensive side of the ball because really you're just setting yourself up for a letdown. It's never going to probably contextualize into what we hope and what we think and what we thought after the preseason. Nonetheless, that doesn't mean that they can't improve. I think that they could still eventually score over 20 points with some type of regularity. Will they need the defense's help? Absolutely. They're going to need some short fields. They're going to need some turnovers and, and maybe a, a Calvin Austin punt return that sets them up. You know, that they're going to need that. That that's th- this type of offense, and it sucks to say that it really does because we had really high hopes for this group. But their first place in the AFC North, I still cannot yeah. believe it. Um, you brought it up. I think you said it well as well. You know, the AFC North is kind of killing each other right now. So let's take a look at the AFC North and let's do some picks because I think it's worth talking about. There's a lot of stuff to discuss here. Let's start with your wife's favorite team, the Cleveland Browns. And what in the hell is going on with Deshaun Watson? This is actually something I spoke with. Uh, this is via our Slack channel for Fans First Sports Network with John Suchan, who covers the the Browns for our network. And I said, what is going on with Deshaun Watson? He said, Jeff, no one knows. He said, mm-hmm. it is the strangest thing ever. It was a rotator cuff. He was expected to play an hour before kickoff. Last, this is before their bye week. They said, hey, he's not going to be able to go. And then John's telling me that Kevin Stefanski and everyone up there in Cleveland said, hey, he'll be back for San Francisco post by. He's not practiced yet this week. And you got the 49ers coming in. Do you think this is a, all right, it's the 49ers. Let's save him for another week. Or what's going on? There's a lot of Browns fans that are speculating this could be much larger than just a shoulder injury. What are your thoughts? Yeah, the speculation, it has to ramp up a little bit with, Obviously, the strange scenarios and how they acquired him, and then his poor play at times, things starting to come alive a little bit uh, this year as as the weeks had progressed, and then the early buy kind of throws everything off, kind of screws up your your process, but also the injury. And so, I think as fans of of an AFC North team, we're we're a little used to maybe some strange injuries. You think about Lamar Jackson the last couple of years, mm-hmm. not coming yep. back for long stretches in the end of seasons when they really needed him and nobody really knew why. And so my expectation here is that, yeah, maybe, maybe the Browns see him as not quite a hundred percent and they just don't want to put him on the field as at, at a, at a less than a hundred percent against a 49ers team that is just killing people. And so if that's, the the least of their concerns if that is all this is then then cleveland should fans should be very happy with that but if it's something more if if he's unhappy with the situation there in cleveland or if he's just not wanting to play football anymore i i don't know you you the speculation can run wild um that could be really bad for them down the line but i expect a physical battle i <coughs> i expect the 49ers to win that physical battle and just be so much better on offense, especially if Deshaun Watson doesn't play. So uh, this is to me is a, is a pretty easy 49ers win. Um, I don't know what the spread is on this game, but I would take the, the 49ers, even though they're the road team here. So this is one of those games where everyone's like, Oh, blowout win, easy win. And I, I guess I think San Francisco is going to win, but let me also add that. I think this is going to be a game where at least in the first quarter, first half, it's probably yeah. going to be a lot closer than people think. Uh, the Browns do have a good defense. They're coming off their bye. They have that extra week. 
San Francisco is coming off a very emotional Sunday night game, and they're having to travel to Cleveland. Who knows what the weather is going to be like as well. 49ers should outlast the Browns, but don't be surprised if this is one of those ugly wins. And if the Browns have a backdoor cover, wouldn't be shocked. I'm not sure what the spread is uh, right now. I don't know if you have that in front of you, but still, it's absolutely. Uh, San Francisco. Yeah, San Francisco is giving eight and a half. Mm, it's a good line. Yeah, it's a good line. What What do you think? You would say take San Francisco giving eight and a half. Yeah, I think a double digit win for San Fran. You know, maybe close early, but they just kind of pull away late in this game. Okay. Yeah, I, I'll agree with that. I'll, I'll take the 49ers giving the points, but I think early it's going to be close. Let's go to the other game. Seattle Seahawks go to Cincinnati Paycor Stadium. Nothing good happens at that stadium. Uh, the Bengals, though, are looking more like the Bengals. They're looking more like the offensive juggernaut we all expected to see. Uh, Joe Burrow says that he's feeling better now than he ever has been since he injured mm -hmm. his calf in training camp. The Seattle Seahawks team, is it's a weird enigma. I, I can't place my finger on this team. Sometimes you're like, wow, they're really good. And then sometimes you're like, how does this team even compete? I just don't understand yeah. it. What are your thoughts on this one? So the Seattle Seahawks defense is kind of the key piece here to me. And I really think that they're designed and built to slow down a Bengals style passing attack. They've got the two young, really good corners, physical corners on the edge in Reek Woolen and the rookie uh, Devin Witherspoon. And I just think that those guys could level the playing field a little bit here and make this a very competitive game. Here's what I find interesting is that Vegas thinks so too. Um, they've got the line set for this game as Cincinnati giving two and a half at home. So that, that to me sounds like they like Seattle better than Cincinnati because typically a home team gets that three point yep. boost. So uh, I don't know if Seattle's offense can, can be consistent. They're going to get um, their, their starting running back back this week. Whose name is escaping me. Walker, Kenneth Walker. And I think that running game could really put the pressure on the Bengals to uh, load the box, try to stop the run. Him and Zach Jarbonne have been playing really well, which could allow the Seattle passing attack to work. I like this as a really, really close game. I am giving the edge to the Bengals at home, maybe a three-point win for them, but I don't think it's going to be really easy. I think Seattle sets up well as a tough team for, for this Bengals squad. This is the game where, to me, you want to know the Bengals back or are they not? This is the game. And the reason yeah. why I say that yeah. is, you know, the, the, you beat Arizona. Okay. The Monday night win over the Rams was very bleh. Okay. Was it just because it was Arizona or are they actually back? So if they go out there and they light yeah. up the world and Jamar Chase goes off again for 190 and three touchdowns like he did last week, that's a different story altogether. But if they go out there and they look sluggish, and like you mentioned, the cornerbacks of the Seattle Seahawks kind of, you know, not confused, but definitely slow down the Bengals offense, then maybe the Bengals aren't back. And maybe the Bengals do have bigger issues. And if the Seattle defense can get after Joe Burrow, this is a very telling game. I like the Bengals at home. I don't think they're that bad. Um, I think they find a way to win. But let's go to the game, which I did just now realize before we went on the air that it's a 9.30 a.m. kickoff. The Ravens over in London playing the Titans. That Man, I this just this game doesn't really intrigue me too much anymore. I mean, it screams Ray Lewis and Eddie George back in the day, but not anymore. <laughs> so, Jeremy, yeah. what are your thoughts on this game? Low-scoring affair. Um, probably very sloppy. Two teams going overseas. They're going to be tired. Um, two teams that have been playing sloppy as well. The Ravens in their two losses, 
I mean, it's the two worst losses for a team all season. They should be five and zero, honestly, heading into this week, and they're three and two instead. And a, a Titans team that can really muddy things up, like the Steelers can on defense. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if I trust this offense. It doesn't sound like uh, Traylon Burks, the the probably the Titans wide receiver too behind DeAndre Hopkins is even traveling to London for this game. So they're going to be shorthanded there. The run game hasn't been very good. If they can get that side of the ball going, I think the Titans can win this game. I'm actually going to pick the Titans here in this game. I just think it's, it's such a tough challenge for the Ravens to go over there and play against a good defense like this a defense that can get after the pass or two we saw the Steelers rack up some sacks against the Ravens this last week I think Mike Vrabel plays well against AFC North teams because he plays that style of football in the south so I just think that this is a tough game for the Ravens I like the Titans here in a very close low scoring game I look back at the Ravens loss to the Steelers and if if they just make some very minute changes, like catching the football, I don't know. That's such (laughs) a novel uh, theory that, but I think the Ravens find a way to win this game. I think they're a much better team than what they put on the field at Akersher stadium. So I think the Ravens win, like you said, low scoring, ugly at times, but I think the Ravens are the more talented team and that'll Trump uh, everything else at, at, at games. end. we'll put it that way. All right. Hey, Jeremy, what is your fantasy game of the week? Yeah, so this week it's a, it's another Cowboys game. It's Monday Night Football, Cowboys Chargers. Yeah. I like this one because the Chargers defense has been really bad. The Cowboys offense is coming off one of the worst games of an offense all season, but most definitely for them. And they're going to be angry. They're they're going to, again, be facing a, a bad defense, especially against the pass. I expect Dak Prescott to, to go off in this game. And then you've got a Chargers team that all they do is throw the bar, ball all over the yard and, and score a ton of points. So this is my game of the week. You've got fantasy stars on both sides. Austin Eckler returning for the Chargers this week. Uh, Tony Pollard has been a little rough the last two weeks. Running back for the, for the Cowboys, he's going to, get better this week. CD lamb needs to get better this week. I think Dak drives that ship and both teams score a lot of points. So that's my fantasy game of the week. Start your Dallas Cowboys and your uh, Los Angeles chargers this week. Sounds great. May, might even put in a, a, a daily fantasy lineup for that one. That should be a lot of fun. Jeremy, why don't you tell people where they can find you on social media as well as what you have coming up on the Q and a this weekend. Yeah, the q and I'm hoping to get a special guest cross your fingers on that one. I've been trying to communicate with him uh, somebody in Pittsburgh media. So uh, we'll take a look at that. Hopefully we can get him on the Q and a, and that will be Sunday night this week since the Steelers are off. So tune in on Sunday night for that. And uh, follow me on Twitter at the bets, 93 T H E B E T Z nine three. And uh, we're, we're just giving out a lot of Steelers information. Uh, that's what I like to do there and uh, try to keep up and give some of my thoughts on, the league as a whole, but especially the Steelers place in, in this league. And uh, if you want to hit me up there and have conversations, I'm all for it. Let's do it. Awesome. Love it. Jeremy, as always, thanks for your time. Enjoy your bye week. We'll talk next week. Have a good one, Jeff. All right. A big thank you to Jeremy Jerome Betts, as always, for taking the time to talk with me on a Friday, especially when the Steelers don't play. Didn't have to do that, and he did. I do appreciate it. Let's finish this up with a heart-to-heart like we do every single Friday. Look, I, I got to be honest. I remember when I first started this podcast. It was several years ago. And consider this like a fan appreciation heart-to-heart. Uh, I, I didn't 
I really didn't know a ton of what I was doing. I had never done a solo show for more than like five to seven minutes, which I did as a little side gig for a bit for a company that was just starting. And for me, it was just one of those things where I was like, man, I'm not sure what where this is where this is going to go. I, I I liked it. I liked being by myself. I liked having the microphone and and just me sharing my thoughts and having my guests come on and asking my questions. That's what I, that's what I loved. It's what I was intriguing about it and enticing about this opportunity. And it's really grown into something that I never ever would have thought it would have grown into. Uh, people that are very loyal, uh, the ride or die crew that I, as we call our, ourselves, I guess. Uh, just phenomenal. Like the fans are great. I, I absolutely love doing this. I still love doing this. It's my fourth season uh, doing this show, and it's got it's getting bigger every single week. It's becoming more and more. I don't know. It's it's just it's coming. It's becoming its own beast, and I love it. I love it, and it would be nothing without you, the listener. So for all those people out there, maybe you're someone that says, you know what? I don't listen to every podcast on the Steel Curtain Network. I get it. We have a lot of them. But I never miss those morning shows, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or all every single morning, whether it's you know the, the Tuesday show with the Here We Go show with Kevin Smith and, and Brian Davis or Thursday Stat Geek with Dave Schofield. You know, maybe that's where you are. That's fine. I do appreciate anyone that makes it a point to make me and my show a part of their day. I just want to make sure I know that you all out there listening, I do appreciate each, each and every one of you. All right, that does it for me on Monday. We will be back working on another guest for you all since we won't have a game to talk about. So be on the lookout for that. In the meantime, you know how we finish it out. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great bye week, everyone, and we'll see you on Monday. Good to you.